favor. This is one more. First of all, how's uh, everybody go- doing today? Doing good. Very good. Uh, l- let's uh, let's just you know talk a little bit about the World Cup. It's been for like right now we're in the knockout stages, and it you know by the time some people listen to this episode, it's gonna be pretty much over or whatnot. But uh, that group stage, it was crazy. It was wild, man. It was inspiring to see these you can call them underdog teams, you know. Yeah really pull it together and beat some of these top dogs. It's been yeah. cool to watch. That last day was exciting. Well, the last day for, you know. For each group. For each group. Yeah. It was, it was intense. Yeah. I've never seen a, a, a World Cup where you decide the group on the last game. Mm-hmm. It's usually, you know, te ponen las pilas y ya pasan la siguiente ronda. But in this one right here, every, every for the most part, yeah. every group was decided on the last day. Yeah, and there were some shockers, you know, Germany back-to-back going, getting sent home in the group stage. I'm sure it's a huge disappointment for them. And uh, in that group in particular, it was almost crazy because it would have been Germany and Spain getting knocked out on the same day. Yeah, Costa Rica had managed to pull pull through. They were playing pretty well, but... Man, dude, yeah, it's it's been exciting. It's been a World Cup of surprises. Uh, There's been a lot of of, uh, powerful teams get shocked and a lot of... I think uh, African teams and and like Asian teams doing super super well, and I don't know I don't know if it's due to just the World Cup being in a different place or being so condensed and not being like you know some of the major teams having to play more games. It's yeah, kind of, it's interesting to think about. I, I I I was shocked by Saudi Arabia's win. That one actually I feel like that one broke. <laughs> like I feel like after, after Thanos did the snap. Everything just changed. <laughs> El Atlas ganó dos campeonatos. Cruz Azul vuelve a ser campeón. Um, and then Saudi Arabia beating Argentina with Messi on the field. That changed everything. And um, what was, uh, like, say, your favorite moment of this World Cup? Thus far. Thus far. Well, for me, uh, that those last couple of days in the group stage where you had two games going on at the same time and, and both games were going to decide the fate yeah. Of, of the teams in that group stage so um that was well but today i got pretty emotional watching morocco beat portugal in the pks spain uh sorry spain. yeah no yeah. close yeah. enough yeah. <laughs> uh yeah morocco uh beating spain it, yeah. was, it was just wild Dude, uh, yeah, it was they insane. play with so much heart and spain just could not score just a lot of passes but no scoring yeah i was looking at the the stats you know the stats are crazy so spain had 77% possession, 926 passes compared to 23 possession of Morocco and 216 passes. I mean, these are huge discrepancies. And I don't know, I was talking to a good friend about Spanish-style player, Tikitaka, you know, like possession-based football. Maybe it's 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 the end of it's, it's the end of an of that era, of that yeah. type. Yeah, it, I, yeah. I feel yeah. like it, it it's a little outdated, man, and it's a shocker that they get sent home in penalties. And the last penalty was amazing. The panenka. Oh, man. oh the, yeah. The, the little chip. Wow, dude. And he even did the little penguin <laughs> dance. Hakimi, he did the penguin dance. That shit was cold, man. I, I, like, for a while, I don't know if he was, like, looking at the ref, checking to see who was good or not. 
Rasimu like shaking his head. No, <laughs> right. I think it was That's the, the, the penguin celebration, okay. bro. Because he was so cold. Oh, I was doing uh, the el, el I was that was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, what was that, dude? Like, I don't know, some Gen Not Z as shit. cool as the Brazilian <laughs> celebrations. You know? Oh man, those yeah. are even the coach, El Tite. He was like celebrating with them. Yeah, dude. That to me, Brazil has been my favorite to watch. Once they start dancing, man, dude, you yeah. know they're they found their groove. Yeah, and they're yeah. They're a team that plays with so much joy and just. The first time I ever saw Brazil play, I'm like, it looks like they're dancing. Like, I was a little kid. And I asked my dad, why are they dancing out there? Oh, that's just how they play. <laughs> and I see them. I'm like 31 years old now. And it's I feel like a kid when I watch them. Yeah. Well, they really I didn't like have, like, this type of World Cup for a while. Yeah. It was always, you know, like, pretty tight games. Y los, los cerraban. But estas destaparon la They dieron a todos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the so squad's so deep. The squad's so deep, man. But... The two goals from Richarlison, the, the first oh, goal that Chilena he scored against mm-hmm. uh, That's goal of the of the cup, right? Yeah, I mean that's gonna win yeah, that's probably the goal of the cup. Something. That's that's something yeah. Coke does every every day. Uh, no, dude, we play. hell no, I, I wish <laughs> it was actually the the other goal he scored uh, yesterday, um, where he like juggled it in his head like oh, five man. times, <laughs> and he, like poked it, and then he passed it's it, got, so the, got the kick, got the one two, and scored. I was thinking the only yeah. place I've ever seen that is in a video game. And when we're playing with our friends, you know, just shoot the shit. But to that's do what it felt like. Brazil was like in back in the nineties, like you said, watching yeah. them as we were, when we were kids. When we were kids, yeah. Uh, it just felt like that was the Brazil that I had come to know, but hadn't seen for a long time. Yeah. I know. I know. When when are they gonna run out of dances? Yeah, like a I don't think they'll ever run out of dances. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a theme of like these clubs. You know, realizing that they don't need that one star, right? Like Neymar or Ronaldo, or Mm -hmm. you know, even you know, Messi's been you know been great, but you know, the talent is so deep and so rooted that they can you know have these amazing games without you know relying so heavily on that that star. Team based football, yeah, for sure. I think when you have a team like Brazil that just enjoys it, that's a dangerous thing because they make it so simple. Yeah, it desespera, and. One one thing, like say going back to the Spain is um, yeah, Javi Simons, the one that used to play for Barcelona. He went to PSG. Yeah, yeah. Or now he's in PSV, and he plays for the Netherlands. A young, uh, what is he like nineteen years old? Nineteen. Yeah. So he he actually you're talking about like Tiki Taka is almost dead, uh, not dead, but like it's fading away. He was saying how um, when he was in Barcelona, they would play with the ball the whole time, which is good. But he said, but there was not a really physical aspect of playing. They know? didn't hit the weights. They didn't hit the weights. <laughs> and then whenever he went to PSG, that's when he's, he felt his body transform because he got bigger. He got, you know, right now he looks, I mean, 19 years old and he looks pretty fit. Yeah. And that's kind of true because Barcelona players are known for being like a little skinny. Like, you know, it looks like like a un, un compa que, que va a jugar en, en, en LV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pero hey, hey, man. <laughs> Who are you insulting over here, bro? No, no, no. Like, like, say, it, it doesn't look like, like, como que, como que tiene, right. tiene, tiene este, el cuerpo como otros jugadores que tienen ahorita. I got you, I got you. But, hey, man. Um, the, ugly, the ugliest thing to me about this World Cup is, well, apart from all the uh, political and kind of demonstrations going on, um, has been the, the penalty kicks, man. Yeah. The penalty kicks. A lot of bad ones, right? Worse. Horrible. Like, Japan Way. and Spain. 
you can see too when they walk up to the ball, they have this they just tremble lack of energy yeah, to them, like, and you're like, oh, this one it's not gonna go well. When Wait. I saw Busquets run up to the the PK, it was the <laughs> slowest run. I thought he was gonna fall apart before he got there. He was just yeah. like, y luego le pegó como si estuviera crudo. <laughs> like a nerve got to them. I don't Japan. I feel like outplayed. Oh yeah, you know they were. Yeah, I think oh, it, it was different yeah. for Japan. I think they had the type of games they have been playing have been uh, like fully using all of their energy. You know what I mean? This this guy's this coming from behind victories. Mm -hmm. Those things take you take out a lot from you emotionally and physically. So by the time they got to the PKs, I don't think they had any any juice left, any legs. Yeah, and then the nerves it just kind of was too heavy. Yeah, their energy felt off when once they got into the PKs yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. it's like but they felt defeated. They they should have won that game, and just the moment that came in. Yeah, that was sad. That, that was a sad that loss uh, for me. That was yeah. But I think what's cool is uh, it feels like these teams uh, that are normally not the big powerhouse teams. It feels like football is developing more in these countries, mm -hmm. um, and I think the level of play is improving. It's mm -hmm. no longer just about. You know, the Germanys and the Portugals and the Frances. You know, these teams are coming up. And I think the U.S. too. The U.S. didn't make it uh, that far. But um, it feels like with this young team, I don't know. I'm excited to, to see what they do there was in, definitely, uh, four years from now. Yeah, man, I, I agree. with. There was a lot of promise in that team. And I love the energy and the fight that they had. And they're getting really, really good experience. And I think they, they planned this team with the idea for 2026. So yeah. good for the U.S. for, you know. Going solid, for their, a young squad team in 2026 here at home. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know, for and sure. hopefully, you know, Mexico can learn from from this World Cup oh, and from definitely. what yeah. the U.S. did. You know, just being eliminated. You know, they didn't even make it to the World Cup last time, and and what kind of team they they built and this young talent development. So, hopefully, we can see that from you know from Mexico in the future because it looks a little bleak, right? Yeah, now. there's there's a lot of uh, problems with Mexico. I mean, a lot of it is just like. You're trying to sell a player to an European team for the like a little bit less than I would they would pay for a superstar. Yeah. Like you're trying to sell it for like five million, ten million, but in reality, they're you know they haven't really like lived up to that that amount. That they haven't really played up to that amount that they you know they're offering them to. Like they're so inflated. inflated. I, think, I think you're kind of touching on the what I think is the root cause of a lot of Mexico's failures. Yeah. is the chase for the economic side. Yeah, they want their players to be sold for super high. They want to make large amounts of money going on tour in the U.S. playing teams that are not are not good quality, so they don't get that quality competition. Mm -hmm. And then, for whatever reason, they're not playing in big uh, major tournaments. They're playing in. Um, they used to play uh, Copa America, major the the most historic. It, I think it predates the World Cup too, like the most historic uh, tournament right. against Conmebol teams like Brazil, Brazil, Argentina. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Instead, they send their best. T Mexico sends their best team to play Copa Oro, and who do we play? Haiti, Jamaica. Not to knock on the squads, but the quality is not the same if you're yeah, playing yeah. Argentina. And yeah, it's it's one of those that that uh, now since we're hosting the World Cup uh, along with the U.S. and Canada. There's a possibility that Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. can be invited to play in the Asian Cup, mm -hmm. in the African Cup, in the Copa America again. I don't know about the Euro because the Euro is super stacked, but 
I mean, they were saying, like, why not? Go compete there, you know. No te quieras el, <laughs> no te quieras el, 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 el muy, muy, no quieras ir. No, ve y compite. It's different, like, you know, yeah. different environment, different players, different cultures. Um, really, it's absolutely needed. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. For the U.S. and for Mexico and for Canada to play against deeper competition, right, to learn from, so. I was bummed out about Canada. Yeah. I, the way they I, played, I thought they were going to do more. The way they play the qualifiers – and even the way that they were playing some of the games, I th thought they deserved more. But when you don't score your opportunities, you're gonna get punished, man. You're gonna get punished. Yeah. But man, we kind of ran into it, Richie. Um, it's good. Um, <laughs> before we go any further, who's your pick? Now that we're in the you know quarterfinals, who do you guys think is gonna take it? Probably Brazil. Hey. Brazil. They look too strong to be honest you know yeah. i was thinking argentina just feels like the right time yeah. for them to win for messi for for the country but it's gonna be really tough to get past brazil and then portugal look you know they look they so looked, good they look today. pretty good it yeah. looks like they're gonna play probably against england or i'm not yeah. sure how the legs look on that side but brazil I, might play argentina there's that's a that, yeah that's my final matchup it's gonna be some great yeah france france great is always matchups. dangerous france france man. is a hey, <laughs> france France, I mean, I don't know why people have been quiet about them, but they, they have they're performed. Been, well. wrecking, yeah. yeah. Six and, and Mbappe's having himself a tourney. He's, he's scoring like he's a beast. Like man. no other so guy fast. right now. But, but we won't have a Brazil-France uh, final because they're in the same yeah, side. Right. They'll have to go against have each other. Go. Yeah. Um, so potentially Brazil-Portugal or maybe our, well, if Argentina hey, can Morocco. beat Brazil. Morocco. Oh, well, Morocco, yeah. I, I don't see Morocco Making it past, past the next stage. Past the next stage. Um, would love to see. It. I mean, that's what I'm rooting for for the rest of the of the cup. You know, to see Morocco go through. It's gonna be. It changes, really you know, tough, everything. But, yeah. but even Croatia, they les gusta oh, to free. Right. Forgot about Croatia. <laughs> Croatia, they're like battle hardened, man. You yeah. think that they're old? You're gonna run past them? Like they're gonna <laughs> nope. get defeated by these young guys? And they they always find a way, man. They hey, find es, a way to es, come es, through. ¿Cómo se llama el, el, el diablo no se muere por el diablo sino por Diablo. I think Luca Modric is a Diablo. Like he's, he's, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's love Modric. <laughs> but, uh, how about a Messi Ronaldo final? That would be sick. That, that would be sick, sick but be sick. Uh, first they have to, you know, yeah. Ronaldo has to <laughs> get off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they both make it to the final and they bench Ronaldo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's, it's got to be done, right? The way they're playing with They play him. better without him. <laughs> so, yeah, that is yeah. the question. Does he get benched next game? I don't, yeah. I well, think if I were, if I were the coach, yeah. I, I would start him on the bench. Well, I I, I would bench him because the other players playing lights out. So, yeah. and plus, like having a, a guy like Ronaldo off the bench, if you know, if he Dude. decides to put his heart and mind into Super it, would be sub. would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We'll see if there's any magic there. If there's you know one one game going down to the wire. You know, oh man, that'd be. That, I mean, that's the moment. He that'd be like the perfect way to end an era. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. He wanted to score so badly uh, <laughs> when he got when he got subbed oh, in. Yeah. Oh yeah, twenty minutes. You so can fuera del lugar dos veces. He's almost too eager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what happens when you're used to being the guy and yeah. having that personality, and have and it's hard to accept a different role at that point. It's more like el tío, hey tío, déjenos que nos juguemos y lo metemos ya para el final. That's one thing about Messi. I feel like Messi doesn't have that personality. He's like, hey. Sure, I'll take the number yeah. 30 nah, at PSG. Yeah, you know, yeah. put me wherever you need me. <laughs> yeah, different personality for sure. And But under an insane amount of pressure as well, um, yeah, man. which is crazy. I mean, he's one of those guys that I feel is more loved outside of his country than inside of his country. Yeah. But 
Yeah. I mean, once once he wins that cup, no one could dispute. It's lot, yeah, it's going to be different. It's yeah, going to change. No one, no one has more pressure than Messi yeah. in, in football. You it, know? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there is a player that has more pressure than True. him. Koke has uh, uh, pressure every week we play against each other. <laughs> <laughs> By pressure, I mean Richie just uh, <laughs> likes to hit shit at me every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, I gave you a piggyback last time. Too. <laughs> yeah, I played with you, but I'm not, right. We've played. Yeah, like yeah. Have I played with you? I, I don't. I don't like I've never. I've never been to the Cascara, but I'll go one day. All one right, day. Right. Yeah, I'll let you know next time. We'll go. Nosotros al corral también. But before uh, you know, we are we you know we already had the, we already we already got the appetizer. Um, <laughs> welcome to otra por favor. Otra por favor. Uh, as you guys know, this podcast is about football, vida and cultura. We got the football out of the way because now we're you know in the main entree. Um, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because we have two artists that, you know, that have created something unique in, in our culture in, in Austin. Um, they, they displayed, uh, what it's called a TIFO, each of them. Well, they created what's called a TIFO, uh, with the help of, with other uh, supporters. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about, you know, them, we're going to get to know them and get to know their style of work and, and, you know, th why you know they chose to go to the like with those ideas of the tifos and um the reason why we have you guys together and, and i know it's one of those that you know like it was one is the, the timings were like all right this weekend next weekend this weekend next weekend <laughs> it was all worth it for me because i feel like um the best way to do this episode is to have both of you guys in the same space um because I, I i know you guys were, were probably like you know hopefully not getting a fight <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but you guys, you guys, like, I think one thing we're like, we like to do is just like, you guys share your, your, your perspectives on your own art. And I think what we want is for the audience to, to just capture that and also capture why you guys did this amazing thing and how you guys did it and who helped you guys out. Um, and the who part is all of the supporters, uh, every TIFO that was done was paid for by the supporter groups, not by the clubs. Um, and I just want to say I'm grateful that we have a group of people in Austin that were willing to spend hours, you know, sometimes right after work, every weekend, you know, coming up with some, some dope-ass shit. And those choreographed TIFOs, they only last uh, maybe five minutes, six minutes. No, like three minutes, man. Three minutes. <laughs> but God they've damn. They've been increasing the time. They've been increasing yeah. the time. Hey, someone, I think BTS is the one that been, like, taking her time, you know, rolling that the El Lacito. <laughs> but I just want to say, you guys, uh, before anything, thank you for, for what you guys did. Um, I think your work is part of what started something crazy in a good way. Like, your your work elevated, you know, any 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 potential creativity we can have, whether it was in the club, whether it was the supporter groups, and um, also coincidentally, uh, I we we mentioned this earlier, but um, there was a, a guy that sent them a request for photos of the tifos because his son is doing a project in school talking about tifos. So that's how much of an impact you guys are doing, and I'm pretty sure your work and the work of you know with the help of others uh, will for sure impact someone and will for sure motivate them to create something cool. And I think when you create stuff like this, it's always good. You know, it's it's always great. And, you know, Koke, if, if there's anything you, you feel like you want to add before we jump in to their life story? No, man. I, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's it's an honor to have you guys here. And, um, yeah, before we get into the, the, the TIFO and, like, 
the that that Austin spirit, Austin FC spirit. I would love to hear about your guys' origin stories. You know where you're from. I'll go first. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, I'm from Caracas, Venezuela, and when I was 11, my parents decided to move me to Miami, or we all moved to Miami, and that's where I, you know, I, I didn't speak English back then, <laughs> so uh, you know, it was a culture shock coming to the U.S. Um, in fifth grade, um, but that's how I ended up in the U.S., and I studied art all my life, just kind of my mom always put me in art classes in school and after school. And it's just something that I didn't enjoy doing and ended up going to art school. And then out of art school, I uh, got a job with the mural company. So I started painting murals with them. And eventually I broke out on my own and started doing murals in my own style. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, two years ago, Rigo reached out um, and he told me he was a big fan of my art and he mentioned Los Verdes and that they were working with Austin FC and they wanted to paint a TIFO and I said what the hell is a TIFO because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what that was I didn't know the word I mean I had seen them I just didn't know what they were called and yeah. as soon as he explained it I said hell yeah I'm in you know I I, I love football I'm a, I play soccer myself you know and and I paint murals so it's like a perfect marriage you know and and that's what started my journey with Los Verdes. Hey, you Joel? Yeah, uh, well, my parents came from uh, Durango, Mexico. Okay. You know, um, they landed in Chicago and then uh, went to the Bay Area. I was born there outside of Oakland. Uh, moved to Las Vegas when I was around uh, seven years old. And I grew up, you know, pretty much raised in Las Vegas. And I've always liked drawing and, you know, just doodling in, in class and, and now, there's not anyone that was, you know, drawing or anything in the family, but it was just something that I was inclined to do. I loved comic books, uh, cartoons, you know, all those characters, you know, growing up. You know, I was obsessed with, you know, all the Nickelodeon, you know, the Nicktoons and, and stuff like that. And um, after high school, I, I decided to go to, to college for graphic design because I thought, you know, the digital way and is going to, you know, land me a job easier mm -hmm. than I kind of found out that that was like, you know, uh, like design for slot machines and stuff like that in Las Vegas. So, mm. uh, you know, <laughs> so I kind of, you know, just slowly but surely almost, you know, gave up on that, on that, like, I was like, how am I going to support my family? If, you know, I have no passion for it anymore and I don't really want to do that. Mm. And so I decided to move out um, to Austin because, you know, my wife and I were like, hey, you know, we want to start a family and let's maybe raise our kid, you know, our kids somewhere else and so we landed on Austin and I thought I'd you know attempt that passion again and, and try to find a job in uh in art but same thing like when I when I got here uh it just wasn't necessarily working out for me and I transferred with with the job that I that I'm actually still at I've been at the same company for 16 years and to be honest the culture and everything here in in, in Texas is so different from their employer where I, I kind of learn to love it you know and I, I like my current you know what I'm doing now and um art is just something that you know just just kind of went away it's like you know what it just didn't work out for me it's fine I'm content now I'm able to pay the bills and you know support the family and you know so you know it was just it was it was just what is what it is and then came you know rumblings of Austin FC or you know a, a new soccer um team here in Austin and 
I just wanted to be a part of it, right? Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of football. And um, so I signed up for, uh, you know, I signed up for a supporters um, group uh, called Austin Anthem. And, okay. you know, I paid the dues and I was like, cool, you know, there's some cool merchandise. And um, it, it was just really cool to go, you know, to, to just be a part of this. You know, it's like, okay, as soon as this team comes, you know, I want to be all in. I want to, you know, root for the team. Uh, you know, I just, I just want to be around it. And um, then, you know, Los Verdes pretty much ended up forming outside of, uh, of the group. And they were looking. And w- what happened was just maybe a few months before that, I decided to do just for fun, like some fan art. Mm-hmm. So I took the logo and, and, and drew, uh, you know, like Matthew McConaughey and other stuff in there just for fun. You know, I was just yeah, yeah. doodling here and there, um, and then I had a few people reach out to me, like Rigo, you know, there's going to be a com- common <laughs> theme here, right, and then, you know, uh, yeah, they're like, hey, that's awesome, you know, you know, we like that, you know, and that, that's kind of how I started communicating with people within the group, mm-hmm. even though I was in there for quite some time, I just still really hadn't talked to, to anyone in there, you know, I wasn't going to every single event, I had, you know, young kids, and um, so, when Los Verdes kicked off, they're, hey, you know, they saw that 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 fan art, and you know, they reached out to me. He's like, hey, can you help us maybe with you know with some design or or you know something for like a shirt so we can mm. get off the ground. And so I came up with some designs, and people loved them. And then I got kind of hooked, right? It was like, oh man, this was fun to see. Like, okay, you know, there's like a, a people are interested in in what I'm I'm coming up with. You know, I found a, you know, I found myself just, you know, every night just doodling, doodling ideas, logos, you know. This was before even we had the name Los Verdes, right? It's like, hey, what can we come up with? And it just became an obsession, and we just started doing so much more, um, you know, so much more designs. It turned into to merchandise for our membership kits and scarves and all that. So that's kind of like where everything kicked off was just me falling back in love with it. and. And just doing it out, out of necessity, right? So we can kind of kick off this group. And, you know, we're small then. And, you know, we're, what, close to 3,000 members now. About, and, give or take. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's been awesome to just feel like I'm a part of something. You know, that's yeah. all I, you know, ever wanted is just kind of like be a part of something that's, that's bigger than me. And, and the fact that I get to kind of, you know, draw for, you know, for pa- you know, pure passion, right? Because... And, and like, as you were growing up, uh, what was someone or something that influenced your, your art or, or you know, like, like, you know what, I want to do something similar, maybe not the same. And that could be for, for let's start with, with Luis. Um, my first inspiration in the arts was my, mi abuelita, mi abuelita Carmen. <laughs> Saludos, abuelita. Yeah, she's still kicking. <laughs> it's good to hear, man. If you're wondering. <laughs> she she studied art very late in life when she was like mid 50s I, I believe and so growing up uh she was the one artist that i knew <laughs> and i would see her make stained glass installations and drawings and i would see her paintings from art school wow and i don't know i wanted to be like her and uh so she was my 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 first my very first inspiration and still is um but once I got into doing murals, I started looking at the muralists 
around the world. It, some of the ones that came before, I mean, as far back as Michelangelo, you know, of course, but uh, <laughs> artists like Diego Rivera um, and uh, some of the other greats and also a lot of the, the current street artists that are, you know, mm -hmm. the Banksy's of the world and the Shepherd Fairies and all those. And that's when I fell in love with the art form. And I, and I saw that it was a, a movement that was taking place that's still taking place worldwide. And I feel like it's still developing and it still has a, a long way to go. Like it's, it still hasn't reached its peak potential. And that's how I, that's how I fell in love with making murals in particular. Cause before then I was, I would paint, uh, I do paintings on canvas and try to put them in a gallery and try to sell them. And I was having trouble selling art. It's very difficult. <laughs> making a living as an artist but then i noticed a lot of artists a lot of muralists not a lot two or three in austin that were as far as i could tell doing it full-time mm -hmm. and making a living off of it so mm -hmm. i thought okay maybe that's the direction i need to go so that i can get paid for my art up front and, and you know and, and then make the art you know i kind of switch switch the, the model um and that's kind of what started my career uh, as as a muralist so uh like say whenever you started you decided to become a, like an artist uh, you were aiming for a full-time right yeah, yeah yeah so i i when i got out of art school i got engaged to my, my wife Kristen, and we were in connecticut decided to go to austin her family was in houston that's why we picked texas and I had to find a job. And I found a job with a company that painted murals. We, so we would paint murals for very wealthy people that had mansions, uh, houses that were so big that they would have domes and barrel vaulted ceilings. So they would hire us to paint essentially the Sistine Chapel in their house. Mm. We would spend two months, wow. six, <laughs> six artists just painting on scaffold, painting the ceiling, just like Michelangelo. <laughs> And they wanted they wanted to replicate exactly the, the yeah great, the great uh, arts. I, I got I painted a lot of cherubs and uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of religious scenes and yeah I mean I did a lot of that and uh, eventually got got sick of that honestly because I was painting somebody else's art somebody else's design mm. yeah and I decided to go on my own and follow my own path hey I feel you on that man I I, I didn't go to art school I went to architecture school which is design and um, I had this idea of what my profession would be when I got out of school. And when I went, moved back to Houston, I started uh, just designing custom homes with the, with, the, with the builder. And you said you have family in Houston. I'm sure if you drive around some of the neighborhoods, you notice that uh, a lot of the houses there look like uh, some Spanish villas, like just replicated yeah, over and yes. over. You got the arcs. I worked in a lot of those. You got the arcs, <laughs> yeah. and you got the Spanish tile, and you got yes, the beiges. Yeah, the Tuscan style. The Tuscan, yeah. So I was literally doing that. Over and over and over again, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and uh, yeah, that wasn't for me. Yeah. And I, I ended up pivoting into into construction, um, construction management. Um, I work for a general contractor now, and I, I love it. It's more hands on, and I'm on the job site every day, uh, talking to people who, and working with people who are, um, who are actually designing and building it and figuring out how to problem solve. So, I feel you on that. Yeah, it, it's hard <laughs> to know out of school. Yeah, what. You're, where you're gonna find happiness, you know? Like, right, like, right. like you said, you yeah. wanted to go into graphic design, but yeah, but it wasn't for you, right? Yeah. And, so and, it's, and it's good that that people hear these stories because, um, especially the younger younger generations, they yeah. think like everything's so linear, but it's not. Yeah. yeah, I think I was looking at it wrong the whole time too. It's like yeah. 
just coming up with excuses of why it wasn't going to work out or I don't want to work there because it's, you know, it's going to kill my creativity or this and that, you know, instead of just making it happen. And that's what I realized, you know, moving out here, even though it took quite a long time after Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was even though, you know, I had kind of given up on it. And yeah, someone reached out because I, but it took that initial like, hey, I'm going to do some fan art, right? Or I'm going to do something to get my name out there to just kind of like, hey, you know, I can, I can still do this, I think, you know? And so you got to put yourself out there and stop, you know, I was just blaming everything else on why it wasn't working out. And then I slowly realized like, no, I, I I need to make that attempt. Like I need to. You, know, you got to shoot try. your shot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got to find your your niche, right? Uh, exactly. But, but I think uh, you know, at, at that time back then, you weren't you knew you weren't going to be happy doing designing slot machines, no, as you said. For sure. So, <laughs> uh, I think even if you had tried that, maybe that yeah. I think it probably was the right choice not to do it at that time. But absolutely. Uh, but then, dude, I mean, I, I'm amazed at all the posters you've designed and the Thank creativity you, and the variety. And all that work. It's every time I see the, the the new one that comes out, I'm just blown away. And it's where do you find that creativity? I, I what, think it was like that bottled up, you know, like creativity that I had for you know a decade that I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I want to do something. I can't. I'm not going to. I can't support my family. I can't do anything with this. So I think it was like I just felt like I was so behind artistically mm-hmm. that I just wanted to do it nonstop. Right. So I you know put the kids down nine o'clock or so and i draw they go to sleep like at 3 p.m I'm, I'm kidding but um you know i'd work at nighttime and then on the weekends you know i'd devote you know i devote a lot of like the time during the weekends to to really just just kind of draw non-stop you know because you find that passion again and it's like all i wanted to do just became obsessed with it so mm-hmm. i thought you know for this year it's like i'll start by you know i'm going to challenge myself more than i ever have and i was like i'm going to knock out a game day poster every single game and well it's been it. it's yeah. a lot of work yeah you it's did it been absolutely <laughs> tough but it's i look forward to the next one right after you know actually while i'm still working on the, the current one it's like start thinking about the next one and the next one and then like anything that pops in my head just start jotting it down and maybe I'll use it for the future. Or yeah, I love how playful you are with each idea. Like you don't box yourself in with one particular style per se. Like you're, because yeah. uh, I, I like to work that way too. Like if you look at my artist Instagram, I'm jumping all over the place. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I have like artistic ADD and I just accepted that about myself. And in some ways <laughs> it kind of hinders my, uh, my growth, I think. Not my growth, my... Uh, a lot of street artists that are very famous, they, they're very they got focused. Their, their brand. Exactly. Yeah. They have their mm-hmm. brand down to a T. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that I have a brand. Some people tell me that I do. But but anyways, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I just I, I, I enjoy just being free. Mm. Yeah. I just want to try something different, a new style, new brushes, new, you know, everything. Even, you know, decided to carve, you know, a poster, you know, from oh, uh, rubber and, wow. and things like that. Just because whatever, you know, like I said, just being behind like artistically for so long i just want to try everything that I, yeah. I haven't tried you know so you did a linoleum block or something i like did that? i did like i bought like a rubber block and i carved it out and that was like one of the, the posters that i did you know i did like a wow. Yeti and things like that so it's like i just want to just be more you know as creative as yeah. possible that's and, sick man I, I i love hearing hearing about the process um do you 
Do you document that process at all? Because everyone, for the most part, sees like the final poster. Yeah. But like just hearing you kind of describe how you and then carving and that was kind of inspiration for the poster is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, something I started doing was like putting like the cell phone above uh, and yeah. you know, like that that Yeti that I knocked out for one of the posters. I definitely mm. have the whole process of carving it. And you need to post that, man. Yeah, you need to post <laughs> that. <laughs> like, I, I want to watch it. I yeah. want to see that. <laughs> and then, you know, with the. I use a, the iPad, which is crazy, right? I think, like, the iPad has been an incredible tool where oh, yeah. I can take it with me. Yeah. It's so easy to, to use that. Um, also, the, the program I use called Procreate, it documents and it captures the entire art process. So sometimes I'll, I'll post that. And, but sometimes, you know, I'm ready for the next one and I don't have time to kind of – Because, you know, if you just post it raw, then it's, like, pretty boring. So it's, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to edit – zoom in and things like that so mm-hmm. I, I don't get a chance to do that with, with every piece but you know i need to do more of that i think people are super intrigued by like the process for sure right Definitely. so like with your work you know just seeing you know something that i you know always wanted to attempt was going large scale so seeing you work like in person is is incredible you know and i i think that you know with all these videographers and everyone we have you know capturing that process you know it, it's it's like super inspiring Yes, man. Yeah, I think we take it for granted, like like your your time lapse videos. So people will love to see that mm-hmm. um, because it, 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 I mean, ultimately, what we want to do is inspire people, right? For sure. Uh, to love the team more, or maybe take a chance to be creative themselves, or whatever in whatever way we inspire them. That's you know the ultimate goal, really. So we can all keep inspiring each other and growing together. Because I think, like at the end of the day, you you somehow became an artist because you saw someone doing it. So that's what, you know, hey, why not? Like like a musician, like a lot of this music nowadays is samples from previous musicians in the past. Um, so like the way I look at it is whenever someone wants to start something, um, like when I started with photography, uh, there was a, man, it's a saturated market. Uh, and I'm like, and exactly like i mean exactly. I, I saw some people that like how they did it but I, I had an idea like what i wanted to do and same thing like with you like like i heard a lot of people like you have to find your your own thing you have to stick to this one thing and i'm like what if you want to shoot everything you can except for like you know real estate um and that's true it's whenever you you put yourself in it like you shoot your shot you know at, at first it's gonna suck uh at first it's not gonna be the best but over time you know is that first step, you know, the hardest, the hardest part about starting, like, you know, beginning something is taking the first step to, you know, write down something. If you're writing, um, put a camera on and record. Um, that's that's gonna be the hardest one. But once you get there, once you start doing it, it everything improves. Everything yeah. becomes better and mm-hmm. better and better, and you get more knowledge. You 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 know how to like say when you come in situations when you know how to get out of it whenever it's a little tough or whatnot. Because of the experience you've been carrying from whenever you messed it up, you're like, ah, I've been here. Yeah, what what I tell uh, a lot of young artists that come through the studio is, look, don't focus on being the best. Mm-hmm. Just focus on being better than who you were yesterday. Just keep working on your craft. It's a it's a long journey. It's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, like mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of artists that are, are very focused on just. Oh, I want to be the best, and, and and if I'm not, and I've failed, but that's that's not what it's about, you know. Like you said, like you get, just start taking pictures, just start writing, just start writing, just start drawing. It's um, 
Just start making stuff. That's where it starts. Just start making stuff. It doesn't have to be good. Just make stuff how you want to make it. And then that that's how you start that journey. And then you'll keep, you know, just learn as much as you can and practice. One thing I, that you kind of reminded me of right now, it's like, especially talking about younger generations, like they have pretty much lived their entire lives in that digital realm with not only in the medium, but also just with social media being such a heavy prevalent thing. Whereas I think us here, we, we kind of have the benefit of, we lived life before that yeah. kind of took over yeah. like, like analog stages. And then we saw the digital transformation. Um, what are some of your thoughts on that? Like you say you work with young artists, like some differences you see, some benefits and pros and cons. Yeah. So social media is, can be so negative. Right. And it, it even messes with me. I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 40. So yeah, I, I lived in a world where the internet didn't exist at first. <laughs> and now it's such a big part of our lives. Yeah. And even having lived pre-internet, I, I still, Instagram affects me a lot on a daily basis. I, mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll post what I've done and I don't get enough likes and I feel bad about myself. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like it's like what I just said, it's not about being better than everybody else. It's about being better than who you were yesterday. So mm -hmm. I struggle with that still to this day. And uh, I, I, I see that a lot of the younger artists struggle with it even more because they've, they were born into a world with, where that was already a part of their lives, right? So... I don't know. I try to treat social media as a tool, a marketing tool, a networking tool. Um, but I still struggle with it. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I, it, it really taps yeah. into your sense of validation sometimes if you let it take control of you, man. I, I struggle with the same thing. I post things. It's like, you know, do people like it? Yeah, you know, if they yeah. get enough likes. You know, sometimes personally, it's like, oh, man, this is my best one yet or this is my favorite. It's like... <laughs> You got half the likes. You, get, you, know. you got like yeah, two yeah. likes. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know, it's from a bot and then from that, hey, DM me your art. Texas special, whatever. Yeah. Was like, oh, man, maybe I should. You know, maybe I'll get more likes. <laughs> but um, I think that the biggest issue with social media is like the comparison factor. Yeah. Like yeah. You comparing yourself to everything else. And I think even like as artists, I don't know if you can attest, but sometimes you see too much like, you know, so much art out there. He's like, man, I wanna, I wanna try that, or I wanna do that, you know. Yeah. And so you, you know, you become like overloaded with, with ideas, you mm -hmm. know. And I, I feel like that takes away from. Sometimes it takes away from your creativity because there's so much that you're looking at. He's like, man, what should I? What's the next thing? Yeah. Like, what's the next thing yeah. I should work on? What should I, you know? But you, because you see this idea and you scrolling, like, oh, you know what? I like this more. You know, so sometimes it's kind of like closing that out and going into your own headspace and, and figure it out, I think is is better than just come, you know, always, always looking at just like endless amount of incredible talent. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. There's just so much talent. It's never ending. Yeah. It's never ending. You're not going to reach the mountaintop. Something, for sure. Yeah. It's always sure. something new, too. Yeah. That's the discussion I, I always have with Richie. Like, there's just an oversaturation of content out there that if you don't manage your, your time and attention correctly, I mean these these platforms are, are are monetizing your time and attention. So like they're designed by engineers to keep you scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. So it's cool. So actually makes me wonder what do you guys do when uh, you feel like anxious and um, maybe you need a how do you how do you mitigate that that type of anxiety that uh, 
social media may cause and maybe creative blocks that it can do? Um, I haven't found a... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't found a, a solution to that yet honestly I'm, I'm currently i'm struggling with uh, what you mentioned is is finding a direction like what do i want to make next mm-hmm. i'm really struggling with that actually i uh, i almost want to take a year to just kind of go into my studio and not come out yeah like isolate yourself make stuff. Yeah. yeah like i feel like i need to do that because i i'm lost honestly um you know, I make a lot of stuff. I paint a mural almost every week or I'm, I'm always making something and I've got commissions and it's great. I'm busy. But artistically and creatively, I feel like I'm stuck mm. and I feel like I don't know which direction I need to go. I feel like I haven't reached that point where I'm like, yeah, I've made it, you know, which is. But I also know that 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 feeling never truly comes right. And and. Hopefully it doesn't because if it does, it means you've become complacent maybe yeah, and stopped growing. Yeah. So so I don't know. I'm I'm really struggling with that honestly. I don't have a solution for that. No man, I I appreciate you open up opening yeah. up about that stuff because you know you can easily say oh yeah you know I just uh, you I, might I, think I like ah oh, Luis and, and Joel <laughs> they they're creative it, it just pops out you know like <laughs> I don't, I don't have know. my shit figured out. I was like anyways dude, but we're trying our hard. You do, Joel. Same. I don't have, you know, in fact, like the anxieties, like sometimes, you know, and deadlines is kind of what deadlines it, yeah. you know, so it's like, I, I have to set like a project or something that, you know, yeah. I have a little board and I write stuff down. It's like, I have to, you know, do this or that, but you know, it doesn't go away like that, that anxiety of, you know, Oh, what, what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, how can I get better or anything like that? I just feel like, and and maybe that never goes away because uh yeah yeah. i've gotten to work with some really big name artists that are have quote unquote made it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. three hundred thousand followers on instagram and travel the world doing murals and they share the same anxiety that we have so perhaps it it never goes away i don't know uh one thing i i um i i did think of a solution that i've been working on (laughs) Uh, oh yes okay so (laughs) i've been wanting to essentially take a piece of paper and write down what do I like drawing? What do I like painting? What am I good at? <laughs> you know, like to kind of lay it out for myself and maybe, maybe that'll help. I don't know. Creating a roadmap, a roadmap fi- figuring yeah. out your why. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of those things hugely important, but it's just one of those things like, like you said, giving yourself that time and space to almost step away yeah. and like look inward, which is to me the hardest thing to do uh, this day and age and with the type of work that you as creatives do. Cause it's all about engagement and like community and just put producing stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think like one thing that, uh, that I've had is I always go back to this one podcast that the reason why I started podcasting is called Cotorriza. They say stuff that is not even educational. It's not beneficial. It's just stupid shit for an hour and you're cracking up. Um, so uh, that that, that kind of helps because you're like, man, sometimes it's as simple as just a conversation without having to like, you know, like find a way how to talk and be eloquent or whatnot. We're just like, you know, it, it it's always good. Like, you know, like um, you're, you're doing it where you write down, you know, what, you know, why do you like drawing or, or, or trying to figure out stuff? It's always good to just go back to the basics. Um, for example, when you're a soccer player, it's always good to, back, to go back and just practice with the ball, you know, Pass it around. Uh, if you like running, just 
go back to run a mile. Um, but I, one thing that I would share is like just going to like meme sharing, and trust me, that's gonna take anxieties away. Meme sharing? Oh yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> expanding. <man. laughs> oh man, I, I, I'll, I'll expand on it. Like every morning I wake up, you know, you do the. We're we're talking about how how. Uh, social media platforms are taking over our lives or whatever you look at you look at your your uh, instant messages or direct messages and of course there's like five memes that richie sent at like 3 a.m at 4 a.m at 2 a.m and you're like dude where are you? and they're all hilarious but i'm thinking like damn dude this guy really doesn't sleep he just he's just shooting the memes when he's not getting shit done but this guy does a lot so that's, no. pro- that, that's his uh that's his like relaxing fun yeah that's outlet. the way to relax <laughs> but <laughs> no i think like the last time it happened i uh i wasn't i was just like sitting down on the toilet and it was a good hour <laughs> i got up and i like i'm like oh shit, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah man it hurts i, I, I have that <laughs> i sit there too long i'm like this is probably bad for my circulation. That's, that's when I catch up on what's going on in the world. <laughs> sure, it's like 45 minutes there. My legs don't work anymore. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm cut up. <laughs> but hey, man, I, I think it just uh, it's 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 good to to for me. It's good to hear your vulnerability um, because you never know what people go through. You never know what people's experiencing. But you're saying that I'm pretty sure anyone that's listening to this is gonna be like. Oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, and that's always the key yeah. too when you're creating something, especially like sometimes an artist can be like a very like solo project oriented, you know. You're like, okay, at least I'm not going through the same situation. And that, trust me, that's helpful. Yeah. And, and one thing I kind of wanted to ask you all, I mean, we a conversation that we've had regularly here is like, where, what is that? How do you find that balance? You know, we all have, you know, partners or family or loved ones you have you have kids you know what i mean like how do you um how do you balance out your life you know with with professional uh professional work and family work and all the other obligations you might have it's a big struggle that i have to be honest yeah. you know <laughs> so i have a two-year-old and a six-year-old oh. you know i have a full-time job yeah and so i i kind of wait till the family goes to sleep you know, I'm not always successful at that. I fail at that. You know, my wife reminds me too, right? It's like sometimes I just have an idea and I want to knock it out now. And so, you know, that takes away, you know, from the family time. But I'm trying to be better about that and make sure that it's like, okay, I'll hang out with the family. I'll put them to bed and, you know, then I'll start I'll start drawing. So the majority of my drawing is at night. But I, I, I struggle with the, the balance of it because I'm like obsessive mm-hmm. with, you know, on founding that passion now connecting with the community and mm-hmm. you start thinking about you know everybody in the community it's like oh man are they you know this would be dope i think people would like this or it'll help me connect to this or be a part of that you know and so i just became you know super obsessive and i feel like that takes up a lot of you know mental energy and yeah. so I'm, I'm, i i struggle with the, with the balance i'm i feel like i'm doing a little bit better lately but yeah i i, I need do you, do you find yourself daydreaming about designs? Like are you, sometimes you're not present if you're around your family or whatever because you're thinking about. I'm always, you know. Because I have that happen a lot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm always thinking about the next thing or the next project or yeah. what should I knock out. And it's like, if I don't do this now, it's like, then the time's going to pass because like I have the idea of exactly how to knock this out, you know, right now. And so I, I feel like that definitely hinders me. 
you know, like I said, I, I need to be better about balancing the whole family and everything and sleep. Like the, the biggest thing that suffers for me is probably sleep for sure. That's, that's yeah. On average, how much would you say you get of sleep? I don't know, maybe six hours. Five, yeah, I say six hours. Just kidding. Like five hours. Five sleep, hours. Maybe, yeah. What about you, Richie? Yeah. I always wanted to ask you that. <laughs> it really just depends. Uh, this weekend, I got a good amount of sleep. Yeah. Last weekend, when it's holidays, I duermo como, como, como un osito. But average, average. But average, man, I would say maybe like five hours, four five, hours. A, five, like a six. Yeah. By you, Luis. I get I get a good amount of sleep. Uh, look it up. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> hey, that's like he's got all the beauty sleep, man. Look at that. Right, he's right. forty. I that's thought right. he was like tw- sure twenty something, dude. Is that Joey? You con 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 ojeras and bolsas? Yeah, I mean, I also same thing with you know, if it's I'm not drawing, then I'm playing video games. Oh, yeah, that, great distressor. Yeah, that's for, a, that's a lot of the thing. A lot of my homies tell me how how that's like their main distressor right there. Since I, I left Vegas, you know five six years ago now and you know i left a lot of friends behind that's kind of like a way that we connect so i get on you know put the headphones on i get to oh hang good. out with the friends that's cool. maintain the friendship exactly so you know yeah. right now that new call of duty came out that's hell yeah takes my up. little brother <laughs> takes all he talks about night, yeah. you know so yeah, like, dude like yeah. i said i i have trouble balancing that you know there's so much going on that after like 9 p.m it's like i need to have some time to myself, it's either Some drawing. Time. So if it's at you know something, it's going to be drawing all night, or it's going to be, you know, playing some games mm-hmm. with, with my friends because you know, I miss, I miss them. I guess you know that's good. That's so good. would y'all consider ourselves night owls? Is everyone here like better, like more creative, more productive at night, or are you more of a morning person? Well, my my situation is different. I, I'm very lucky right now to be able to do art full time. So mm. I do art during the day. So I get my own time <laughs> to make the art. So I, I, I get to scratch that itch on a daily basis. Um, and I, I, I've i tried to really balance work and home life um, in a way where, you know, don't I try not to get home late. Mm-hmm. I, I try to get into work at 8 a.m. into my studio or if I go to a job site to paint a mural and hopefully be home by 6 p.m. at the latest. And then when I'm home, I'm I'm home to just do home family stuff, yeah, basically, stuff around the house. I'll be with my daughter. I have a seven year old daughter. Oh, okay. Or with my wife, you know, and um, and then I love video games, but I don't <laughs> play them very much because, um, yeah, I just I, I feel like I, I I get to do my own thing during the day, so. So I, I, when I get home, I'm like, all right, let's, let's be, let's be with, with, with you're the one that organizes the, you know, orally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. That's right, man. That's it, cool to hear that, you know, you, you guys are, do things in your own way, your own creative uh, energies are directed at certain times or whatever. But, you know, y- y'all both have families. Y'all both have, uh, have kids. Do, do they, are, are, are they kind of incorporated in any creative outlets as, as you know, having dads that are artists? Yeah, That's I mean, my, my daughter knows me as a muralist, as an artist. That's you know? awesome. She she loves my art, and she comes with me to the studio, and she comes sometimes comes with me to job sites. She's more musically inclined than I would say. Oh, what does she play? Inclined. She plays piano. Oh, and, nice. Um, she's getting very good at it. Actually, I I play a little bit. I, I started taking lessons maybe like 
two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she's already, I can see she's going to surpass me so fast. Damn. She's got the ear. She's got the That's natural cool. ability. And uh, so it's cool. And my wife sings. So we write songs together sometimes. Oh, Emily band um, time. Yeah, so it's fun. We, we're all creative, mm-hmm. you know, and that's helpful because we get each other. <laughs> that's good. And then for you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, the little ones, you know, being able to take them to, like, the events that I do or when we're doing TIFOs, right? I can yeah. take my son and, you know, he, he doesn't know me as much as an artist yet because it's, you know, he's six, but it's kind of oh, new in, in his lifetime, yeah. too, yeah. right? Because it's only, only been drawing again or, you know, consider myself an artist again, just like, two years now so it, it's something that's kind of new for the family in general but my daughter she's you know already an artist she scribbles all over the damn house um, <laughs> so she's, uh, whatever marker she finds you know every every surface has you know been painted on or drawn on so you know she she loves it and she's she always wants to draw you know she there's like a huge uh notebook and you know she'll bring it to it doesn't matter if it's you know 9 30 p.m she'll you know she'll be laying down ready to go to sleep and you know it could be 9 30 10 o'clock she'll wake up you know she comes into the office and it's like hey you know she wants to draw you know Uh-oh. she has her her you know her little notebook or something nice. so yeah. dejas while you're doing your thing she's with I her book help you know, <laughs> you know she's like, go ahead yeah you know so that's she cool doesn't. she always wants me to draw with her so it's like she draws something and then she hands it over to me then I have to add to it. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. takes it back. Oh, that's and nice. Adds to nice. it. So a little interactive. That's yeah, awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. It goes on the fridge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a nephew and uh, and like my niece. Um, my nephew is actually like my 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 sister is just like man. Stay. He always you do something. He wants to do it. And he's right now. He's he's in, he's a freshman in in uh, in high school. I started playing the guitar. His dad is a musician, so he he picked that up pretty quick. But then he's the guitar right now. I see, I hear him playing. I'm like, "Dang, dude, how old are you?" Mm-hmm. Like, he's super good. And soccer, same thing. He already made varsity team. Wow. And and uh, and a lot of it, and like he's trying to get more like into photography. And my sister is like, you know, he sees you doing something, and you know, like luckily you're doing some good stuff. And I'm like. I'm glad he doesn't know I've been doing some bad stuff either, but <laughs> but that's good. But it's it's good to like whenever you have family and you know they do something, even if it's not the same, at least something different. I think that's always that speaks for you're doing something right. Um, you're you're doing something in life that you know that, it, and also like the, where everything starts is with the family. When you're motivating your own family and you're also spending time with them, that's when everything starts. You know that's that's where. You know, you you can have more of, of a flourishing art than you know, like say for example, te vas todo el día y no llegas. Uh, you pull a reach every now and then, don't come to like late at night. <laughs> so, but yeah. that's that's good to hear the fact that like your your kids are involved in one way or another with art because that that's that art it's itself in whatever form it is, it's it's a healing as well. No, for sure, and this is probably a good segue to the default. Uh, talk but one thing i wanted to kind of highlight is especially the reason i asked the question about your, your kids because when you are able to share share that type of passion for creativity and like just expression i think it's you create some of those memories that, that last a lifetime um i think back of this year we're almost at the end of the year right you kind of start to cycle back when was like kind of the happiest moment and um this last uh what was it october and leading into november you know the other muertos time i went home 
And me, my brother, my sister, my mom sat together making the the altar for my grandma who, who passed in May. And, you know, you could easily buy papel picado from, like, anywhere, but we decided to make it. And, like, we had never done anything like that ever as a family, like, as, like, older. You yeah. know, because I'm 30, 31. My sister's, like, mid-20s. My brother, same thing. And uh, it was just a nice moment. Like, you know, most of the times if you, you're spending time with family, you can easily watch Netflix. But it's not as special as it when you're creating something with your loved ones or your community. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's go into like the art and football. Um, you know they're they're part of each other's culture. Uh, I think they go hand in hand. You can see it every every World Cup. You can see it every tournament. There's either a design that is created. There's either uh, the the fields, like the stadiums, even the stadiums. They're of are an artistic structure for sure. That's put together. I mean Qatar, like we can say shit about it, but they have some pretty cool stadiums. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they yeah. were developed like, and especially that uh, what's that like nine seven two with the other cargo crates. What's up with the names of the stadiums though? It's kind of weird, right? I don't know. I don't know the origin of the names of the stadiums, but that one is it, it's supposed to be demountable at the end. They mm-hmm. can just like break it apart. I thought forget it. But I know it's the the zip the code that you dialed to call into Qatar. That's the amount of like containers it has. Is the same as you know the code. Did you just look that up when you were taking shit? No, <laughs> I looked it up yesterday. Nah, actually, I noticed it um, when I was when I was like uh, we were going through like shipping issues. Cause they're like, no wonder all the containers that we're looking for, they're all over there. So, so wait, uh, they there's a stadium. Wait, what are the containers for? So they're like shipping containers, like cargo. It's right, just right. a stadium. Yeah. Made Eight? of shipping containers. No way, Basically, really? Yeah. Which one is it? I haven't noticed that stadium one. Stadium 974. something like that. <laughs> 572, 974, wow. that one stadium. I'm, How does it look? It, it actually doesn't look bad. It looks It looks like, I mean, ya can están pintaditos y todo. It looks pretty good. <laughs> kind of like so it doesn't look bar. like, yeah, like, there we go. It looks like, like if you go to Rainy in one of those bars <laughs> or like the new houses, but like in a bigger scale. But I mean, it breaks down and... They're going to ship all those containers for use, right? Yeah. I forgot where, but they're going to, like, break it down and send the container wow. somewhere okay. to help, uh, help somewhere. Right there. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll put a picture on it whenever, you know, wow. for you guys. Yeah, and, 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 and really that was always one of the main uh, complaints about any type of major event that yeah. you have to create stadium infrastructure and kind of places that aren't as developed like okay so now you built this huge thing that Simone. is going to be desolate and not used and it was a complete waste and not only that but like you know all the construction stuff that happened in Qatar it would be a shame if uh if if you built a stadium and then only for it to be unused yeah and like say you don't want to go like in a, in a or like Greece that everything that they built for the Olympics not están usando Mm. Like they are, they are all of it just went to shit because you don't have uh, infrastructure to keep it going for people like to develop athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, where in China, you do have you know like more of a Olympic competing mentality and culture. So, um, and speaking of cultures, um, so if, if you guys, I know you guys probably heard the name Tifo quite a bit here, and they're basically um, I would say a hand painted banner, but it's huge. Um, I mean, I've seen different sizes, but the ones that we've done, they're, they cover a good amount of the supporter side, the south end of the stadium. And 
it's it's very it's very different and it's very uh, unique to especially in a specific moment. And that moment can reflect something that happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. Um, and we'll talk more about each TFO later on as we go. But now when we look at it in the global aspect, um, we've seen small displays of you know of of art, whether it's through posters, whether it's through mascots, uh, and that's been going on, I mean, since the first World Cup in 1930s. And that, that especially, like, say, when, I don't know how, how much is that going to change as we go through a format where you're going to have three different countries hosting the, the World Cup. But every World Cup for, for you know, that we've, we've seen does have something unique, and that's because it's in, the, it's in a different country. You get to experience a little bit of, of that country, a little bit of that culture, you know, that, you know, maybe it can be a logo that it represents the country. For example, was it in, in, in the U.S. 1994? It was a lion. Was it? I thought it was a little dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you're I, right. You're right. You're I was, right. You're I was right. three years old, man. Yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> you had a homework one day at three years old. No, yeah, no, it was a little dog, and then it was uh, ninety-eight. Dog, yeah. It was uh, it was the, uh, el periquito, el periquito. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, in France, and then I'm trying to remember two thousand six. I don't know what it was in Germany. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Germany. I, f- I forgot what it was, but, but yeah, I mean, art has always been used as yeah. a, as as a way to display that country's culture, and you know, the f- soccer football in general has has many ties to, to art. And you, you see the fans, you know, they, like we were talking about Tifos earlier, they have the face paint. They, some people make their own banners. And we just had um, a recent guest, uh, El Azteca. You know, he he has a full display Aztec gear. Supernatural. And, and he, he's playing the drum, he's, you know. And everyone finds a way to express themselves through through their artistic medium, right? And, and we were just talking about stadiums, you know, like they're, they're so different. Uh, and these being kind of special with like the containers, but kind of what, what do you think are some of those like similarities in, 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 in art and football or, or differences, you know? Well, I feel that art is a great way to express the passion you have for your team, for your mm-hmm. country, for the sport. So that's, I feel why you see people painting their faces and wearing costumes or outfits and TIFOs is just another great way to also express that passion. Um, What's the question? <laughs> Sorry. What are the similarities and what are the differences you like, like see yeah, between art and and some of those and, intersections? Uh, football. You know I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Joel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like in soccer, right, and football is you see more or like of the artistic side of the sport, right? Right. With yeah. Oh, and the displays and, and everything like that. So you know, I th- I think it's a like you said, it's a great way to kind of you know, express the passion of the fan base, ex- express like what that team is and like in, in like an icon or, you know, where that, that city, you know, or the, the city or something, you know, there's a, a great way to kind of express the community, you know? Yeah. And I think the modern game lends itself more to that too, that, that yeah. expression, because, you know, before uh, a footballista wore, you know, his uniform clean tucked in his Jerk, tucked in shorts, black cleats, and now you see like. Now, but you go Jorge Campos, and he changed everything. Fluorescent <laughs> shirts, yeah. people walking in with like outfit of the day, super stylish, crazy tattoos, you know, like full on sleeves, you know, just 
Pe- Hair, hairstyle. Hairstyles, like everything. I feel like the, it, like the more the more modern we get, the more expression there is, which is kind of a cool thing because you start to see flavors of different 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 perspectives. Whenever you played soccer, did you like had your go to? You know what? This is my look. <laughs> my look. Yeah. Ah uh, no, man, I'm I'm pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I just prefer to whoop your ass. That's all I do. That's easy. <laughs> I mean, you tried last time. We got you ran out of gas, bro. <laughs> the first time though, I'm, I was like, like that day, I was like Morocco today. <laughs> I sense a rivalry here. No, <laughs> we like talk shit. <laughs> that's, that's how we've always got along. Yeah, we we always we always like even in the pitch, like we're always just like I'm more I'm more so me. I'm always just like. You punch him in the nuts? Is that what that was? That, <laughs> oh, he's done that before. He yeah. has done that before, probably. Yeah. So you're more of a, like modern players out there just trying to be bigger and stronger than... Well, especially, I think, like, like for me, if there's... When it comes to, like, soccer, like, we have... Our friends are super good. But, like, this guy right here is... Like, he, he's like a machine. And then, you know, he's, he's, he stays in shape and, you know, eats right, sleeps right. And I'm the opposite. I mean, I, I do stay in shape, but I don't sleep right. And I'm like, okay, I want to beat him. Like every, I mean, and it's just like when we play together, we do pretty good. But against each other, it's like, like there's that, you know, like he, 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 he like, like he helps you elevate like your, your game. It was kind of like if you, you guys were in a competition, a friendly, you know, like, you know, it'll be like him. Joe makes me better. That's what Leeds will say. And he inspires say. you. So he inspires. There we oh, go. Yeah. He inspires me. Super flattering. Super flattering. But back back <laughs> to the art and the football. Do, do y'all have any players or, or teams or, or moments where you're like, damn, that was that was poetic or that was artistic or like, I just have that. He, he, this this player or, or team is my, a, uh, a team or a player that I prefer just because of their style and art behind the game. Man. I, I've played soccer all my life and still do. Um, I don't watch a lot of it, to be honest. I don't. I don't fanboy over any players. I mean, I the Pretty easy neutral. answer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I do love seeing Messi play. Just something about obviously his skill level, but uh, I don't know. Just the way he moves and the simplicity in in his play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not like Ronaldo, so flashy, right? And Messi's like the opposite, and uh, you know, so he inspires me. Um, but of course, he inspires <laughs> the entire world. Um, yeah, well, how about you, Joe? I mean, when it comes to soccer, you know, just watching like the highlight reels are like Maradona, you know, oh, yeah, just fun. Like he's out there having fun, yeah, you know what I mean? It wasn't about yeah. anything else, and he was a total show from the from the warm up. Yeah. to the after party yeah like that's the thing you was out there you could just tell especially me. after party yeah this guy like enjoyed the hell out of it but someone that's like you know i didn't grow up watching you know I was, i'm too young to to like get to really enjoy him you know, the, yeah. exactly so yeah. but like a player that embodies that for me even though it wasn't it wasn't about fun was like kobe bryant Oh, okay. Even though it's not soccer, no, there's, no, something, no, sports. there's yeah. something about him and like the way, how hard he worked and, you know, how serious he That's took what, his craft. Are you, are you a yeah. Lakers fan? I'm a Lakers fan. My ah, boy. And that's the thing. It's like that guy gave 100%. You know, he wasn't the most gifted athlete or the most gifted basketball player, but he worked harder than, than anybody out there. And and you can see it. You can see that passion. You know, he might look like an asshole one day or this and that. Yeah. Um, but you can see him just like that passion, right? Yeah, man. It's, it's it, his passion was crazy, and even some of his like 
you know, just, just talks, you know, mo- yeah. kind of talks about his, his like operating mode and what he does in training is, it's crazy when you listen, sit down and listen to him. But yeah, um, I never cried or anything for like a oh. celebrity or any, you know, anyone. But when Kobe Bryant, when I yeah, found out he, man, I, I cried for days that one hit hard yeah because of what he was representing like he was you know i felt like his life was just starting even though he was like one of the greatest you know basketball players just what he was doing you know off off yeah he was reborn because he was he was doing a a children's book right exactly yeah like Wow. That documentary, and, and the documentary, won, right? that documentary, that documentary, that animation Oscar was amazing. Yeah. You can tell he was completely devoted to his children mm-hmm. and like bringing them up, and just like this big inspiration to even like women in basketball and mm-hmm. things like that. And mm-hmm. and I just felt like, man, it just left like this huge void For in sure. like the sports world, just being him being taken away so young, you know, because that's what people should embody right it's like hey your life doesn't revolve your life shouldn't end like at 36 years old you know or 35 years old it's over you know you're an athlete you're done there's nothing left after this you know he was like beginning his life i feel like truly you know after that i mean like i said yeah just just what he was doing and what there's so much more to give you know that that one gone too soon still hurts yeah Yeah, i like your point about work ethic you know because uh Something I've noticed too in artists, especially going through art school, there there will be a lot of these students that were so incredibly talented, but they didn't have the work ethic, right? Yeah. And that ultimately is what it's about. I mean, it doesn't matter how much talent you have if you don't put in the the work day in and day out and continue to improve your craft, whether you're an athlete or an artist, then you're just not gonna get not gonna get that far. That that's like like that's a good point because. You know, sometimes, especially like when we look at we look at you know like football and you know we look at sports, you get so many people that are so talented, but putting that work, putting that effort to you know to remain in cycles where you're gonna have you're gonna go through a season of dry cows, where no te va a dar nada, no te va a salir nada, like you know, like say it's just putting that work, learning the process, like. Some people just have the passion for it. They understand it. Like, say, un futbolista puede ser buen futbolista, pero no sabe de fútbol. Um, they won't know how to read, a, a, like, you know, like, say, a game or whatnot. And and, and, that, and that, like, imagine if, if every everyone that was talented, you know, was able to maybe had a change in, like, not a, like change in heart, but, but like a, an experience where it motivated them to just get back, get back to where they, they wanted to go. Yeah, I look at your jersey and I'm starting to get a little PTSD, man. I, I, I had already, for example, I, I had already gotten over Mexico losing and the pain. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about uh, you were talking about talent and, and work ethic, and the first person I thought of was well, two people: Giovanni dos Santos and Carlitos Vela. Yeah, different cases in their own way, but Giovanni dos Santos, of course, who does he play for now? He doesn't have a team. He won a World Cup. Uh, what was it, the U-17s? Yeah, in 2015. With Carlos Vela. Yeah. That was a Mexico's golden generation. You know, and, and every, there's several nations that have had, that are, have had golden generations go to waste. Uh, we just saw Belgium crash out of the World Cup. Yeah. It's another one. But Mexico, like, two two examples of that have been Carlos Vela. So much talent. Um, but, you know, he, 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 chose, he chose his life. And 
I mean, good for him. But on the on the flip side, Giovanni Dos Santos not even having a team right now. And yeah, yeah I mean, that just kind of goes to speak is like uh, how many people out there are not shooting the shot or putting in that work. You know what I mean? Like being consistent. And, and that's one thing that we've touched a lot on this podcast, like the consistency. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten some praise for keeping keeping up with with doing podcasts because if you look at the statistics for podcasts like most most don't make it past like episode 12 or something like that and i mean i'm sure you as artists have seen uh cer- certain cases too where where um if there's not that consistency and discipline behind it you're gonna fall to the wayside what episode is this 65 okay we're good <laughs> <laughs> episode two <laughs> 11. <laughs> 11. <laughs> no, actually not 68. I haven't even checked. I, I, I've been like, you know what? We started actually like doing the episode number, but then we're like, the timing of it, we'll start recording. Yeah, <laughs> we never know if one's going to drop out of sequence, so we stopped. Yeah, we're just like, welcome to is. another episode. But we might be 68. We one might be 69. Maybe 70. We're 69. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ya está, ya está, viejita. Ya, ya. Ya vio su vida. Ya pasó. Ya está, ya está retirando. That's the golden years. That's the golden years, but, yeah. But to your point, uh, yeah, it's about consistency. Putting in the work day in, day out. You know, you spending, you know, at night putting in the work to make those posters, man. And even when you don't feel like it, you know, like a... For me, I have to design new stuff on a weekly basis for murals and clients and commissions, and it's exhausting and it's tiring. And my, uh, I have this. I, I picture this well of where I get my ideas out of, and sometimes it feels like it's empty, <laughs> you know, like it dried out. I'm like, shit. Um, but but you know, it's it's also a lot of rejection. I I, I apply a lot to public art projects, and 99 percent of the time, I don't get them. Or sometimes a client drops me or whatever. Uh, but you got to get past all that shit and just keep going because, you know, find find the love in it. You know, whatever it is you're doing so you can keep doing it even when it's hard, you know. Because art is not about when you're inspired to paint. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it as a career, um, you know, you, you essentially got to make it your job, which which sounds kind of dull and boring. But, but you, you can still find the joy in it, but understand that. This this is a, a a hustle. It's a grind that's gonna be ongoing for many years. So, like, whenever you're picking up projects, um, do you have to go through a process of doing cold calls, or is it like people come to you? How uh, does that work? Well, so I'm very fortunate right now that clients essentially come to me. So I get a lot of work through word of mouth. In the beginning, uh, I started my solo mirrorless career back in like 2014, 2015. And it was very slow back then. But I landed one client, which was my first mural here in Austin. It, it was a veterinary clinic. Back then, it was called Corner Vet. Mm-hmm. Today, it's called Pass Vet. They gave me my first wall on Cesar Chavez. And it was this big, beautiful wall. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is how I'm going to launch my muralist career. This is going to be my essentially my billboard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with an artist name so I can sign it very clearly and hopefully get more work out of it. And, it, you know, I painted that mural. I lost money on it because <laughs> I didn't – I knew how to paint murals, but I, I tried a whole new technique. And uh, long story short, I, I, I made it happen. It took way longer than it should have. It cost me way more than it should have. But the mural turned out nice. It turned out great. And from there on, you know, it took maybe a month before I got a 
you know, hey, I just saw your mural. Uh, can I, ha- I would like to hire you. And just kind of, it's like, it was a snowball effect, just very small in the yeah. beginning and over the years, just growing and growing and growing. So now I'm at a point where a lot of my clients are business owners and they know other business owners mm-hmm. and they refer me. Sometimes they open up a second location and they call me back a couple of years later. So, um, and also I'm very diversified. I, I also apply to public art projects. Okay. I, I run a, an artist collective. I, I, uh, produce events we do a mural festival so um but yeah to answer your question uh my current processes uh they call me which That's is good. great i'm happy to say that by the way that that mural fest that you know that you guys just had some of my favorite artists that i've been following for years you know oh, I, really? I, because uh-huh. of y'all i got to see him like in person i got to see like squid uh-huh. liquor work in person you know or nice. like i i went by to go i heard a kipto you know, painted a, a mural, which I've been following for years on YouTube. And I go over there to take a picture and he's standing there, you know, yeah. taking pictures for his. You got his, to meet Kipto? Yeah. So, I, you know, I had a, like a really, really brief, you know, conversation. But the fact is, it's like there's these incredible artists that I've looked up to that are like way beyond, I feel like, you know, someone that I can even have a conversation with. And, you know, what you guys are doing with this mural fest and bringing like, I think some of the best, right? is is absolutely incredible and like i said i saw you know squid liquor working and you know she was nice enough to have a you know quick conversation you know fabian was there and i mean it's incredible because fabian ray yeah that's awesome man talk talk to me a little bit more about mural fest what is this is this an annual thing or is it just pretty relatively new or so we're in our second year it's okay. uh it's an annual thing i started with fabian ray who i'm sure you guys know he painted uh, with the drum for Austin FC, and mm-hmm. he's done one of the murals at the stadium and a bunch of other stuff. So we started this mural fest because uh, him and I are muralists, and I always had the dream to, to do a mural festival here in Austin. No one had really done it before, uh, at least not one that's um, a recurring one. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just had our second year, and like Joel mentioned, we had an artist named Squid Liquor, and they are one of my favorite artists in the world. And we were just very lucky to be able to connect with them. And we had Levi Pons, a guy out of L.A. who does a lot of work for the Super Bowl. And he's an incredibly talented portrait artist. And then uh, an amazing roster of local muralists as well. Um, Fish and Federico. I don't know if you guys know Federico, but he's one of the OGs of Austin. And, mm-hmm. and many other talented artists like Helena and Tony and and uh, yeah, so basically our objective is to add more art to the city, creating permanent installations of large-scale mm-hmm. murals, and uh, but also doing it in the way where the artists get to paint what they want to paint. Because uh, often, as a muralist, I'm commissioned by a business, and they I have to theme my mural to that business, right? Which is great, you know, it's work, and and I enjoy doing it. But it's uh, the dream for a muralist is to be given a big, beautiful wall and to be told, "Hey, paint whatever you like." Mm. And and that's what we're trying to provide uh, for artists from Austin. And we will we try to bring in a couple of big names from outside of Austin. Um, last year we had a guy named Drew Merritt, who's one of the best muralists in the world as well, and. For me, it's incredibly inspirational because I'm a fanboy as well of these artists, you know, like like Kipto, like yeah. Joel mentioned, he he's uh, very well known. He he does these YouTube videos of all the murals that he creates, and he's gone viral. Like he's he's on fire, very talented. 
super down to earth guy, you know, and, and yeah, we get to meet these artists and they inspire us. They inspire me to get better. I mean, I see squid liquor paint, uh, squid liquor painted this massive mural over a period of 10 days and, and, and they just kind of freehanded everything. And it's one of the best murals in Austin now that we have. And, uh, just seeing them paint for me, I, I learned so much and that's what we hope also well, that it'll do that for other artists like Joel and, and everybody else, the entire art community. And they absolutely killed it. You know what I mean? Just going to see it in person and taking That's photos. Awesome. It's just like inspiring. It's like, how does that come out of, you know, somebody? It just looks absolutely incredible. And the fact that it's like right here in the back, in the backyard, you know, you don't, yeah. because of the hard work y'all do, you know, you were able to, you know, here as, you know, you know, as a community, we're able to like and get to see that in person and enjoy. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, it's called Looking Up Mural Fest, by the yeah. way. And uh, we're looking for sponsors. Looking up Mural Fest. <laughs> um, Check it out. What time of year do y'all? Every November. Every November. Okay. Uh, so we, it just passed. Yeah. yeah. We, we do it at the same time as, as uh, East Austin State that, that, And that, that was one of the reasons why we couldn't record this before because you said that. That's right. That yeah. Going, yeah. You, you, you I, were I like to, super yeah. swapped with Man, it. I was, those were very stressful. Oh, man, I can imagine. I, I lost a lot of sleep and it was, it was. <laughs> As far sleep, as stress goes, it was, was kind of poor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I was looking, yeah, I wasn't looking like this, right? right <laughs> you were looking like this. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, uh, so I didn't get a chance to go on the Sunday. I mean, on the Sunday, whenever you guys were at the house and they showed the guy lying. Um, oh, right, right. And, but <laughs> I, I saw something on, on Instagram. They were like, hey, you know, we're going to be. Uh, Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, cool, Tuesday, no, Wednesday, Wednesday, I don't have any plans, I show up to the house, and nobody was there. <laughs> Which one, the, uh, the, the, here today, gone tomorrow house? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was gone. <laughs> it was like, You can damn. see the outside, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, it, I was like, literally, it's gone. <laughs> but then, then I think, like, okay, you know what, I have to make sure, so then, that's when I message you, I'm like, okay, and then, like, hey, uh. So luckily, I have a day where I can go and check it out. And then you told me, hey, Saturday is going to happen. And everything worked out. I ended up coming. But I messaged uh, Luis, and I was like, hey, just to make sure, like, it's going to be, uh, where is it going to be at? Because <laughs> 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 I didn't want to tell you, like, I showed up to the house, and I, nobody was there. <laughs> but, no, nah, it, it's, uh, and, and then, uh, oh, nice. but it's, it's pretty cool because you also had uh, Easy Compadre playing on Saturday. Oh, man, uh, that's, killed it. The, it was cool because Easy Compadre was literally like in the middle of the room and they were playing, performing, and people were around it. And there's all this cool art, so that's that pretty badass. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I, what I love about the studio is that we're very organic and loose and kind of go with the flow and try to always do something different. And for that opening with Easy Compadre, they were going to play outside in their backyard, mm -hmm. but it was very cold. And they they just couldn't play out there. They, their fingers would have gone numb. Yeah. So they asked me, what if we set up right in the middle of the gallery and people can just walk around us? And I just loved that idea. I was like, yes, do it. That's and pretty it, cool. it, it was a cool vibe because you walk into a gallery and you don't expect to see a band sitting in the middle of it. <laughs> and, it and it's a very small space. Yeah. You know, it's a, That's cool. It's a hundred-year-old house where we have the studio. And it's, it's not the type of place you would imagine a gallery would be in. But... It's what we have. So that's how traditions start, right? It's yeah. Like there you go. It's like, hey, what? Who am I gonna put in the middle of this gallery? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, Joel, you had, um, was it on the, the metro? You had a uh, like one of your artworks that was displayed. 
Yeah, man, I, I'm super fortunate with, you know, with connecting with the community and, and doing all this stuff for Los Verdes and Austin FC that, you know, I submitted, you know, like my first time, like ever trying to submit for something, right? So it was, I, I submitted, um, you know, an application because they were doing, um, you know, they were trying to hire someone for the Hispanic Heritage Month. They want to do a bus trap. I've never worked on like large scale and I was super intimidated, but I, you know, um, I was reached out and they told me like, Hey, you know, try to, you know, do the submission and, you know, we need more representation. For sure. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I put the application in and I had like a panel review, um, and, and they liked the idea that, you know, one of the questions was, have you worked with, you know, <clears throat> have you worked with like a community or anything like that before? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I've done that with the TIFO and where do I start? Where do I start? So I think they like the idea and um, yeah, man. So they gave me the opportunity. I, I knocked it out and I used a different medium. I used, I did it in vector so it can like be blown up, which I'm not used to working in, but you know, figured it out and um, printed out. I think it, it, it was awesome. It kept getting delayed. Unfortunately, there was just issues that were happening. But you know, once it rolled out, um, I'd get messages from people all the time, like, "Hey, I saw it driving down the street," or "It's you know, it's by the stadium where it's exciting. here." So it, it was definitely the biggest thing, um, as in like personal work, right? Mm -hmm. That I was a part of. Where you know, I've done obviously the TFOs and uh, bigger things, but that to me, that's like I didn't create that, right? That was like a community. The idea and everything came from the community. So. You know, the, the bus was like self, you know, man, imagined it and, and created it. And, you know, it dude, that's so special. So. That's so special. Like, yeah. you know, you think of most art pieces and they're pretty static, but you have a moving art piece yeah. throughout yeah. the city. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it, it's surreal when, because they were, they told me, like, hey, you know, how do you want to show it off? You know, you can kind of do what you want. Uh, and, you know, so I, I asked uh, Austin Beer Works if, you know, I can park in front of their, their place and, you know, so I had people come out. All the family came out, and they, you know, was parked out there. Oh, they parked the bus out there. They parked. They the, parked yeah. the bus. So, you know, Japan, Morocco. That's the thing about the community out here, man. It's like since I work with Austin Beer Works to, you know, do some like can designs and stuff. I, I, I hit them up and said, "Hey, we need a place to, to like." park the bus yeah. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're so, like uh, how big like now it's actually like a bus <laughs> yeah for sure and they let me they like close out the parking lot that's awesome and we were able to drive it you know they, and as soon as we got there we we saw it out there and it was just completely sur surreal to see yeah. you know my work blown up and you know uh, special. It's, it's one of the electric buses right it was yeah yeah because yeah. i you know fabian did like the first version mm -hmm. of uh you know this kind of project that they're, they're going for like this metro art um you know they're they're trying to get more of like the art community to be more involved in, in their projects and things like that and mm -hmm. so fabian had kicked it off with you know collaboration between austin fc but they reached out to me and was, i was kind of starting like this new a tradition of you know these wrapped buses that signify uh, you know these events that are going on so it's crazy and that's that's pretty cool it's like you guys have a different unique way of how art comes around like in your projects like with with the festival and then with the with the bus 
that that's uh i mean i i, I mean it's like in a, in a bigger scale and and that i mean it's not just the tifos you guys have done but also like your own projects your own thing a lot of it is you like help with other people collaborations with other people but at the end of the day it's like something like it's unique from you you know so that that's that's something that um that i you know like i'm i'm glad like i get to 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 see you guys and talk and also for me is it's uh the guys are like pretty down to earth when it comes up to like talking about it, you know. Yeah. You hear all these like certain stereotypes about sometimes the artistic community or some like maybe the design community in itself could be kind of snobby, right? But you guys are awesome, dude. It's been, <laughs> Thanks, it's been, it's been dope to talk to y'all. Um, what, what you guys have done multiple pieces of work in different types of mediums, but Maybe if y'all can just tell me like one that that really gave you the most joy to do, or once it was out there in the world. And I I, I just love painting murals. So every, every mural I've painted is just um, you know they're all my favorite. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it's like choosing your favorite kid. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> it's just uh, every every single one has been a different challenge type of challenge and. They're all hard to do, and once you complete it, it's just like, wow, I made I made something. You know, yeah. I think that's what I love about making art. It's like you can make something, mm-hmm. and that's there's a lot of a great deal of satisfaction that comes from that. Mm-hmm. And murals and tifos are things you can make and share with a larger community, mm-hmm. and that even that's even more attractive. You know what I mean? Because if I'm painting on canvas, you know. Maybe it's just sitting in my garage or, you know, no one sees it. But I, I, we get to share our art with thousands of people and and there's just so much joy in that. How, uh, before we go into each TIFO, um, what was it, like, what what was going through your mind when they were displayed, one, in the stadium, but also, like, they got the attention of, you know, other places that are not in Austin. They went pretty viral. They went pretty viral, yeah. yeah. Like, what was, like, what was, like, what was something, like, went through your mind? What was your first, like, you know, thought? Yeah, like, you know, I, I had the privilege of, uh, you know, being asked to help out with the TIFO last year, the Salina TIFO, um, you know, so that's something that, uh, you know, I helped create with the community. But just seeing, like, news articles and stuff like that, like, around the world, you know, Hosting that or, or or talking about it was was just absolutely crazy, right? Because it's just not something that I thought what would happen at at this point in my life, right? So you know, it was just really special because it was something that was created with you know by I would say like two hundred people and just the idea how it came about and and you know being able to design it and then you know having you know people like Luis like help me because uh, I had no experience on even like using the spray can or anything like that. So you know, it was, it was a huge learning process as well. And seeing how like these things can come together by, you know, gritting or using, you know, it's, it's crazy. And to see like the finished product and then to see, you know, news uh, articles and things like that are around the world, you know, people are sending like, Hey, look at, they're talking about this here. You know, it's, it's just wild. So. Did you like whenever you went before you go to sleep? You'd be like just looking at the TV, thinking about it, and your mind went like, "Man, I didn't even know how to like spray paint it now, but it's there." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still a culmination of a ton of people doing a lot of the hard hard work, you know. Um, 
you know, like I said, I, I'm a, I do a lot of stuff digitally, so it was kind of something that I drew digitally, and I needed a lot of help to kind of make it come to life. Um, but then when you see it for like those, when we were practicing like the night before to see it go up for, you know, a couple minutes for the first time, you know, it's like, yeah, this is like kind of what I had in mind when I, when I drew it down. And yeah. the fact that so many people were able to, to get together and to like bring it to life almost exactly how, you know, we, I drew it up is, is incredible. You know, I just like the effort and the hard work and, uh, you know, the knowledge of people, it, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, they, these tifos are so big that when we're making them, we don't know exactly what they're going to look like. I mean, we can kind of get on a ladder and maybe get 10 feet above it and kind of see the whole thing, mm -hmm. sort of. But you don't know if it's going to look good until it, it gets raised so it up on yeah. that practice night. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have like a little paper, right, that we print out and has like grids and like we just hope it looks like this when it's all said and done. And luckily, I think, you know, from both of yours and the both that I've worked on, I mean, I think they look pretty uh, dang close oh, to, they amazing, to what we've envisioned, which is just, you know, which is just incredible because a ton of people that have never even, you know, done even, even art, right, have come in and, like, helped out and, you know, did their part to bring this thing to life, so... Hasta la tía Fagundes entró. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty dang. cool. Yeah, yeah. She was there. And I've met, yeah, I met her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you want to go into the TIFOs then? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. El, the so um, basically, like, uh, the, the reason why, uh, like, I wanted to bring you guys and then este Rigo. Rigo came to my podcast in June of last year when I didn't know anything about Los Verdes and La Murga. He came and just talked more about it. And I think that was after the second game. And then then I didn't know where the TIFO was until, like, you know, like I saw it. And I, I was asking him questions about it. And then he was talking about, like, how you, you know, you were the one artist. And he's like, you got to have Luis on your podcast one day. So <laughs> it was like a dream come true. Yeah, but then I saw, I saw Yo's, like, TIFO, like, right afterwards. And I was like, okay, now I got to have both of them on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, no, but let's, uh, let, let's first go into the... The Legends Tifo, and that was the first one. It was right before the first game. So many stuff going on. Um, it was a, a pretty much uh, Legends of Austin, basically. It was a Salamander, Willie Nelson, uh, LBJ, I think. Uh, Barbara Jordan, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Leslie was in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, well, Stevie Ray Vaughan. An armadillo was in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, a bunch of different figures. So all those figures were essentially voted on or selected by Los Verdes, by okay. the community. Mm -hmm. uh, they made a list of everybody that should be on there. And I think I suggested Leslie. I, I don't remember. I, I, I added my own flair to it. And um, so I, I guess I'll start from the beginning with that one, right? So Riga reaches out. Do you want to paint a TIFO? I don't know what a TIFO is. He explains it. And I said, hell yes. And I tell him, you know, not only are we going to paint a TIFO, we're going to paint the best damn TIFO ever painted. <laughs> that was the goal, at least. And I asked him, how big can we go? And he told me, well, the biggest size you can go is 100 feet wide, 60 feet tall. It's like, all right, let's max it out. <laughs> damn, going all in. Let's just go all the way. Let's just <laughs> blow this out of the water. Um, now, I've painted a lot of large murals, so I know how to work on a large scale, but mm -hmm. I had never painted a TIFO. 
And I knew it would be very challenging. And there are a lot of question marks in my head that I had to figure out and kind of kind of map in my head what techniques I was going to use to to grid it, to draw it, to base code it, to shade it. Um, first challenge was that, well, first TIFOs, they're so big, you, you got to paint them on the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in sections too, you can't see the whole thing because we, we didn't have a warehouse big enough that could hold the entire TIFO in one piece. So, um, so that presented a huge challenge. Also, the fact that it's on the floor and you can't get far enough away from it to look at it and see how is it coming together. Mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be very hard. And also knowing that I couldn't paint it on my own, that we were going to need the support of the entire Los Verdes, you know, hundreds of volunteers. Volunteers that maybe a lot of them I knew wouldn't have experience painting. Mm-hmm. So okay, how do I how do I map this out so that we can have a, a, a an efficient and um, workflow so that this TIFO can come together right and 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 create something that will look good because you know we could really f- uh, you know I I knew there was a lot of, at stake right where mm-hmm. it's the f- uh, you know the first home opener yeah. uh, the first TIFO we're going really big so. We're putting a lot on the line and a lot of pressure. Uh, it, it was, you know, I, I, I very stressful. Um, but just we just had a lot of meetings, coming up with ideas, and they were they would ask me, "How are you gonna paint this?" <laughs> and some some members suggested, "How about we go smaller?" Or why don't we? Ooh. And I was like, "Hey, I will figure this out. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> we're gonna make this work." Back in my head, I'm like, shit, I better figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just felt like we had to go big. Yeah. Um, that, that was the inspiration. Like, let's go big. Let's just... And I think that, that that's kind of the tone that Los Verdes and the club has really set for, for the team, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like in our second year, we, we've gone this far. We've gotten this far because, because of that spirit. And I think Los Verdes has a, a big part in that, creating that spirit. Mm-hmm rallying the fan base the players feeling that energy so it's just all these parts that kind of came together to create what what i feel has become austin fc and um about how long did it take for the tifo from the beginning to start to you know to get finalized so the design phase uh took a long time I uh, came up with several different sketches in the beginning, which didn't land, which is fine. That's usually the norm when I'm creating a mural for a client. You know, there's revisions. And this was a different kind of project for me because it's very, very community oriented. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about everybody. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like Uluang. That's my artist name, by the way. Um, design a mural for us. No, it was like, Hey, let's, let's, let's bring in the community. Let's share ideas. Uh, you know, so it, it all, we all came up with the, you know, I, I, I designed it, but it was based on all the feedback from everybody. So it's a very collaborative, uh, kind of, uh, design that came together. Um, so, uh, how long did it take? Um, the actual painting of the TIFO, gosh, I, I don't remember at this point, but I want to say we did it in, in, three weeks maybe okay um just working i would get there at 7 30 a.m to the warehouse uh i would sketch something out be there all day till 6 p.m head home and then all the volunteers would come in after they got off work they would come in like 6 30 7 p.m 
and I would leave everything color coded for them, like a section. And they would just sit there with brushes and rollers, just filling in color. And that's how we did it day after day. So it's kind of funny because I, I didn't actually interact with the volunteers that much because I, I, I would work during the day and then they would work at night. <laughs> so we were like on different shifts, yeah, yeah, you know, but we were, I guess, kind of interacting with each other through the artwork in a way. That's good. Life of a Tifo, it's like night and day, night and day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, no, that's, and then part of it, like, say, for example, maybe like you feel like if you were there, a present while they were painting, you'd be like, uh, like, how, how do you call it? Would you be like, like a type A personality, type B? How do you think would you be, more, you know, handling a situation no. where maybe, you know, like. I, I'm used to uh, having people help me on my murals. Okay. I mean, typically I hire other artists. So they will have more experience, but I, I've had to learn to to let go, and to put trust in others That's when good. creating the work that I create. Because a lot of times my murals are very large, so I can't just paint it entirely on my own. So I, I was already kind of used to that, and and I made sure to come up with a workflow where I didn't even need to be present for them to know exactly what to do. And even if I was present, I you know it's it's all it's all very straightforward you know we try to make it as straightforward as possible so that 100 volunteers could descend on the on the tifo and and they would know exactly what they needed to do that's good that's good and um let's go into the uh selenium tifo which was the second tifo that was displayed right before the game against la uh galaxy and that was our first win against la galaxy and um Gaines scored his goal. Oh yeah, and Digitea also scored his first goal. That's right. So, so uh, it went from Luis's default of legends to Joel's default of Selena. That was the second one. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Y'all forgot about me. I'm, I'm, I'm the Tejano legend." La cinco uno, dos. <laughs> how was it, how was it for you? Because it was your first big project, and especially uh, that massive. Um, when did it all start? And like, how was this like? When did you, you get that call from Rigo, like, hey, Joe, lance it that way? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think truthfully what was happening is maybe an artist that we're trying to work with maybe fell through uh, because I don't have any experience doing any large-scale projects. But, um, you know, I've been designing now, you know, at that moment for Los Verdes for a while and, you know, knocking out a, a bunch of stuff. And I think with the experience that, you know, and everything that Luis taught Los Verdes for your Legends default kind of give gave people the confidence to, like, maybe, you know, we can do at least that process, you know, together. Um, uh, we just need a designer. So the designer I think they were working with uh, fell through. And so Rigo reached out to me and, and said, is that, you know, is this something that you think you can do? You know, here here's the concept that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to do Selena, you know, for... I think it was Hispanic Heritage Month or sometime around there. And, um, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. So I, you know, did some ideas, sketched it out. Then we went down to the, the warehouse that, that, you know, we had done for the other TIFO and we presented the idea. And I think, you know, everyone really, really liked the concept. And, um, yeah, then we just – I had a lot of help. Like I said, like Luis and we had a – you know, Nando, other people come in and, and help me uh, with the tracing process and gritting it out. And, um, yeah, so it was a huge learning experience. But, yeah, I think it turned out amazing for, you know, 
most of us having not much, you know, not much experience, yeah. but I, it really helped, you know, Luis kind of leading us uh, for the other project. Then, um, then right after that, we start season two and the first game, you had the opportunity to do the, what's it, the Greeting, the greetings greetings from Austin. Yeah. Uh, that one is actually you already have some 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 more of a history of the club, so it's it's like it's a little more of you know what like it's us like you know you don't you don't pick like a Nikon from Austin you pick a Nikon from Austin FC, mm -hmm. so in that one it was Tijite, uh Gallagher, um, Stu Stu Drusi and Fagu Fagundes Cecilia's in there with Fagundes Cecilio. as well yeah yeah some so of our dark history. <laughs> <laughs> And to that point, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a tricky one because uh, you know, <laughs> picking who we put on there, right? Yeah. Uh, well, first the idea came from Los Verdes. Once mm. again, uh, the concept was to take that iconic postcard, which is the greeting from Austin's postcard, which is uh, based on a mural that is on South First and Mary Street, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And to take that and, and repurpose it for this TIFO. Um, the first thing I said to Los Verdes is uh, I want to get first permission from the original designer of, of that postcard, mm. of that mural. Because um, just felt like the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. And we reached out and they said, yeah, absolutely, go for it. So then came the task of figuring out which players do we feature. So we picked those players that you just mentioned. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's at the beginning of, of our second season. So, uh, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, I, I hope these players do well this season because we're putting them on this massive TIFO, you know. and Or uh, they don't get in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the other challenging part is that now I have to paint these players and I have to make the faces really look like them because, mm -hmm. you know, our players weren't that well known, especially at the beginning of the second season. So, you know, the fans would be able to recognize them, but this TIFO is going to go, you know, worldwide probably. Uh, so I want to make sure that the faces are recognizable so that the media can tell who the players are. Right, because then you have other cases where, like, that Statue. famous bust of uh, Ronaldo, <laughs> you know. <laughs> make sure you drop an image of that bust. Yes. I'm about to. We, we have to drop an image of that. But no, no, this was not the case. You totally knocked out the park, so. <laughs> well, so artistically, it's just it's just very stressful and challenging you know it's like you it better look like them and, and and i think i did a pretty good job the only one oh ring is on there too ring looks a little funny i'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad ring <laughs> and and somebody made a comment on that i on one of the social media posts it's like what's up with ring like, <laughs> um but that was a lot of fun to paint you know we did the same technique as the first tifo and it, it came together really well. Um, and then, like you said, <laughs> we didn't know what the players were going to do that season. And, you know, we had the issue with Cecilio. Uh, but he was kind of sharing that, that portion with Diego. So, But then also Gite. Uh, you know, Gite didn't play that much in the beginning of the season. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I was getting worried about that. <laughs> I was like... Great, I, GT takes up a whole letter, and and he yeah. hasn't played. Is he is he gonna get released or what? I didn't know. And then GT, you know, as as we know, killed it at the end of the season. Just with some game his winners. his uh 
his hat first hat trick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the the club's first hat trick, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like Luis, in his mind, is like, man, I don't want to become the curse of the players. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a lot of pressure, man. It really is. Because uh, you already, well, like one, you already like you already came through with a pretty badass like Tifo in the first one. Now the second one is like I know I, you can do phenomenal, but it's more like okay, it's not up to me, not up to these motherfuckers to get it right. <laughs> yeah, you guys play. <laughs> and uh, one challenging part of that is that uh, they wanted me to put the stadium in, in a portion of the Tifa, and I was like, that's I hard. don't want to paint the fucking stadium. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a square. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's got some curves to it, uh, and yeah. that that was it's a pain a tricky in the one. Yeah. To paint. Uh, yeah, everything else worked out pretty good. Um, that it was fun, man. It was fun when it came up. It was really exciting, like. Uh, just seeing what the culmination of hours and hours and weeks of work from hundreds of people, uh, just a very proud moment. Um, yeah, I, 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 I gotta give a huge thanks to all, all the volunteers from Los Verdes. Y'all, we, we did it together, you know? Hey, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, let me pull out my, uh, notes really quick. You did the Hasta la Muerte, uh, Verde Hasta la Muerte. Um, that one, like, so there's a little debate between Austin hasta la muerte, ver hasta la muerte, but regardless, he killed it. But it was a tipo that was actually meant for also to, and eventually, like, eventually you can use as, as a design for a t-shirt as well. Yeah, so I think they, you know, Austin, there's a huge, uh, you know, bats are like a part of the culture, right? For so sure. Bridge, yeah. Very unique. You know, it's something that we've been talking about using for a long time and we just haven't really gotten around to it. So um, I I joined the conversation a little bit late on the TIFO. Um, but, you know, they had come up with some concepts and things like that for, for you know, having a bat over Congress Bridge. And I think the tagline was going to be, because we wanted to be like fierce. It's like, let's do something that's like ferocious. <laughs> And something because it's going to be the first playoff game, and you know we want to like bring fear to the opposing team. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the tagline was like "We feed at night," which you know sounds cool, but there is a huge, you know, there's a really large chance that the game was going to be in the daytime. So, <laughs> which it was, right? It ended up being in the daytime, and so like twelve o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I started spitballing the idea of drawing the bat. Um, you know, at first it was just like just the traditional like Mexican, um, what is it? Free tail batter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the name escapes me exactly. Um, and it was just traditional with the, you know, just traditional colors, like a brownish. And it was kind of like flapping its wings. And we're trying to figure out like what to put in their tagline. So should we say, you know, feed at night or, or something else? And then, you know, we're like, we want to say something, though. We don't want to just have a photo. We want to have, like, for this TFO in particular, we want to have, like, some sort of tagline or some sort of text. And so something that we've been using a lot as an organization, Los Verdes, was, you know, Verdes a la Muerte. So then I started playing with the idea of, you know, putting the text in there, making it more, you know, fun, something different, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I, when I saw the word Muerte, I was like, you know, why don't I make, like, the bat? You know, it's like we want to make it somewhat scary or bring some fear. So I was like, maybe I'll make it like a zombie bat or something that, you know, just looks ferocious. Yeah. And that's where I played off the text and, you know, made like the muerte like it bones and then made the, the bat itself like deteriorating. And yeah, I think it would be more fun to draw when you, you know, have like these holes in the wings and something more creative. And then changing the color scheme of the bat to like a greenish and something that just would look just pop, right? Just would look 
awesome. So that's kind of what we landed on is, is you know, using Verde Hasta La Muerte around the same time as, you know, Austin and using like Hasta La Muerte as well. So I feel like it, it was timely and, you know, taking us into the playoffs. And um, yeah, man, I, I think the same thing with, with the other TIFOs, right? Uh, we knocked it out together and, you know, the vision came true. The difference was is that we had a super short amount of time. I think we had like two weeks to yeah. knock this out. And also we didn't have a space in Yeah, I was going to say they had yeah. to do it in the, in the warehouse oh, or the, the, the stadium. The yeah, stadium. We, we did it in the stadium, like a oh, loading wow. bay. It was <laughs> tiny in there. You, you have know. to be escorted to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Damn. So, every time. Yeah. Every time. That's it's like, crazy, okay, we're, we're going to the bathroom. Who wants to come? Exactly. <laughs> bathroom <laughs> break. We're like, like <laughs> a, a potty break. kindergarten. I see them. The Everybody's a straight line. That's <laughs> so, crazy. That's a unique challenge right yeah, there. Yeah, it was a lot different because of the, you know, of just everything changed from what we're used to. Mm -hmm. So we had to, you know, use this new space, way smaller space. You know, we had to have permission and things like that uh, for knocking it out. Um, but you know, like I said, the 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 community came through again. Yeah. People spent so much time all day, all night. You know, we'd leave there two o'clock in the morning, you know, one o'clock in the morning, and you know, shout out to like the employees with Austin FC sitting there watching us, making sure, you know, we weren't doing anything stupid. You know, they had Get to that OT. With, yeah, they had to stay up with us, you know, as yeah. for the other ones, you know, they gave us the warehouse space. And we were there just yeah. as mm -hmm. late as we wanted to be, but there's no really supervision over the process. This one, you know, you had to have employees sit there and wait for us to be done, you know, period, which, you know, that's, that's tough for, you know, they're having a full day of work and now they're up till, you know, one o'clock and just sitting you know, there, just sitting there, <laughs> just sitting. I mean, some of you know, they helped out too, yeah. but you know, for the most part, it's like <laughs> making sure that we weren't doing anything we weren't supposed to. And then, right. you know, it's playoffs. So, you know, you know, MLS is coming into town and, you know, so there's a lot of challenges there on, Hey, when can we practice? When does this really have to be done by? When do we have to move this thing out of this loading bay into storage and then bring it back to finish? You know, there was so, you know, at one point we rolled it up and when we unrolled it, all the paint was getting stuck together. Oh no. So a lot of like the hard work that everyone did was falling apart mm. right there. Cause when it was, put in storage, you know, it was hot and it was like melting. And yeah. so it was just a bunch of different challenges. It, yeah. It, like I, I saw like, uh, just on the channel, the T4 channel is just everybody like, Hey, we need people, we need volunteers. But then what the, the good thing is like, you get a saturation of people that want to come and help. You actually have to turn people out like down because like the space or, or there wasn't enough, you know, for anyone to do. For everyone to do, um, but that's that's a better problem to have. But that's than, a better problem than, to than have the other yeah. way around. Yeah, yeah these tifos are, are a huge production. I mean, it takes so many volunteers. <laughs> they pr we practice this, you know. Yeah. Once it's painted, we spend an entire night hoisting it up and down. Um, it, it, it's a lot of work that goes into this. And, and what's amazing is that I've seen a lot of comments on, on different uh, news sites or whatever, and people comment on, on our TIFOs, and they'll say, uh, oh, well, I guess that's what, you know, that's a nice printed TIFO or something like that. Yeah, or, I did see or, one. Or, or that's oh, what you damn, get. you got the haters out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Shit. our TIFOs are so damn good that people think we get them printed. And that is a huge compliment. For mm. sure. And they think that the club pays for them, but no, this is all done by volunteers. Grassroots. Fun funded by, yeah. by the supporters group. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing undertaking, man. And, and, and 
I, I feel like it's some of the best defos that are out there, man. We're, we're really racing the bar, and I think there's sure. still so much more Agreed. we can do. Now, it it I, looks so damn good. Yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, not just us as like the designers of it, but the fact that like people with zero experience can come out and just work to the T, you know, and when it goes up, it's like almost a spitting image, right? Like you said, like it's almost printed. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary that they look so, you know, good and so close to, to the, you know, digital representation that we had. I mean, it's yeah, there, there's so much care and thought that, that goes into it all. I mean, you, you can see Tifas from, from other teams and yeah. you, you can see the difference and not, not to hate, <laughs> but, but Hey, we, we should be proud of what, what we've created. Yeah. You know? I think that that's one thing. Like one thing that I that I also notice is the day I went to go help paint, or you know, hopefully not mess up, you know, the 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 dark shade like the 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 shade of black. But um, <laughs> I saw Luis, you know, and Joe in the same room, and that's pretty badass. Like two of the designers of the Tifos, like helping each other out. That really represents the culture of what it's everything all about. You know, you know what we're doing, what we're doing it for, and. And you know I, that's that's uh, I think something that's gonna stay forever. It's something that I don't, I don't think is gonna go ever go away. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Tifos that will come, they're gonna be as you know badass just because you guys, you know, set up the high, set the, the bar, bar pretty high. high. Yeah. And um, is there gonna be a Tifo for next season? There has to be, right? Hey, uh, I just wait for the call. If y'all, if, if y'all will have me, I will be happy to do it. I'm always honored to do it and humbled to be asked to do it. So I'm here if y'all need me. <laughs> That's wonderful, man. And and you know, speaking a little bit more as as an outsider, not involved with like the the community process of of the Tifos, um, when I looked at it, of course I was amazed. But hearing the stories behind it. And the process and the amount of community effort it took, it just makes me appreciate it even more. So I'm excited for your future work, future Thiefels, and uh, seeing your murals or your your work around town. Um, so, dude, it's 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 been so so awesome having you guys here. I can't say it from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, man. Thanks for the invite. Man, uh, thank you. Uh, it was like una barracoa. Slow cooked when it comes out is the but, best. But, but not like the pig that your brother-in-law Now, we, like, once again, we appreciate you guys. And thank you for joining, for sharing your stories, for sharing about you, for being bornable. And, and also, um, I wish you guys the best. Uh, I wish your, your projects, you know, whatever you guys have in mind, that, you know, everything comes out great. Because I know you guys put a good work. And... Um, Man, I don't know what else to say, dude. Where can the beautiful people yeah, find your work and find you on socials? Uh, on Instagram, I'm, I'm at Uloang, U-L-O-A-N-G. Also, my artist collective is Something Cool Studios on Instagram. Follow me, follow us, and see what we're up to. Uh, Joe Vereen on Instagram and Abstract Alberto on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for you know for having us and here and you guys are just as much as part of the community you know that that than we are you know you guys are doing your own art thing you know your own creative thing here you know and, and like you know we all work together so for sure man hell yeah us us here at otra por favor can can be more proud of this community and one of the um early goals we gave ourselves this year was to use our platform to to celebrate our our culture and you guys are our culture <laughs> so Gracias. 
So, yeah, without further ado, uh, thank you for listening to, to Otra Por Favor. Uh, you can find us on Otra X Favor uh, at Instagram, Twitter, um, and continue to continue to share and, and give us your feedback. We appreciate your time. And hasta la próxima. Se cuidan, se portan bien y arriba el América. <laughs> 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 <laughs>